Hmm. Are you sure about that? Is that what you think? Is that so? Hi, I'm Sokka, the host of Sokka's Is That So, a show where we challenge conventional wisdom across a range of industries, hoping to get you to ask better questions and not take things at face value. I'm originally from Botswana and Nigeria. However, I've had the chance to travel through Europe, North America, and Latin America to have many of my assumptions challenged and combat my biases. The goal of the show is to help you learn along with me as we challenge more conventional norms. We're recording the show during the coronavirus, so hopefully you should have more than enough time to listen to these. Let's get started. It was a few weeks ago that I strolled through the streets of Shoreditch, you know, headed to a tech meetup for aspiring minority entrepreneurs. Half an hour later, and I was surrounded by hopeful, energetic faces. A few candid conversations later, after some snacks, which really should have been plantains instead of tuna sandwiches for this crowd, and I started to reflect on the realities of being an entrepreneur versus the euphoria of expected success or the common tropes of what the journey actually entails. I can't wait to be an entrepreneur because I'll have all this free time. Oh, really? Is that what you think, Charlotte? Not so sure about that. Being an entrepreneur is not that risky, said a tall, eloquent marketing intern. Oh, is that so? So what's stopping you from getting you up and running? I asked a middle-aged ex-accountant who's really passionate about sports analytics. I need to have technical skills before I become a founder. Hmm, are you sure about that? Oh, I'll just get a VC to invest and I'll be on my way, said a founder whose business offer was virtual reality headsets. What makes you think they'll give you the money? You know, a few minutes and one of the speakers bellowed out from the stage. You're young, so you have all this great new energy and ideas as well. So you're definitely going to be successful entrepreneurs. Um, not so sure about that. It all seems so easy to get caught up in the hype and in the euphoria of all these statements and take them as true. On today's episode, let's unpack some of these assumptions. Myth one. Entrepreneurs don't need to work that hard and can do cool or fun things all day. First, you work all the time. I don't know if anyone has seen these memes online about how much time you have during the day. It's a triangle, and in each corner is a part of your life. You know, success at work, fun or social life, and then getting enough sleep. And each one says you can only pick two out of the three. With entrepreneurship, you're generally just picking one, and you pick work, and that's it. You work all the time. Your friends are people you work with, and you get little to no sleep. Most people need between seven and a half to nine hours of sleep per day. But lots of really successful people only get about four hours. I call that a mid-afternoon nap. You know, you can read about these people. They get up at 4 a.m., get breakfast, go to the gym, and are at work by like 6 a.m. Myth number two, entrepreneurship is not that risky. And these people don't actually take huge risks. People think, you know, this risk is an adventure. It's like if you see people on TV gambling in a casino, they put $50 on number 14, win five times in a row, and a crowd gathers around the table and starts cheering. It's not like that in real life. People forget it's very risky. You could lose everything. In real life, you lose. Entrepreneurs take huge risks. And more often than not, fall flat on their faces. In fact, most people don't realize that only one out of every five businesses will last five years or more. 
it's not all wearing suits, drinking whiskey. You know, when you say entrepreneurs are people like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, you know, guys who quit college and were very successful, that's what everyone thinks about. But it's not necessarily the slackers who quit. You know, I quit college like Bill Gates. That's not really the model that's going to make you successful. If you start your own business, everything that business is, is your responsibility. You make the decisions that can lead to success or ruin for yourself and your staff. That takes a special person. Most people I know have trouble picking a movie on Netflix or choosing toppings on a pizza. You have people fighting over who's about to call in the order or who's going to answer the door. If you're an entrepreneur, you can't do that. You pick the movie. You choose the takeout. You make the order. And you answer the door. And if anything goes wrong, it's ultimately your fault. And you only hear of the interesting entrepreneurs. Of course, you'll hear of spaceman Elon Musk and iPod Steve. But you don't hear about the guy who set up the world's most successful clothes peg manufacturer. You know, who spends all his day talking about clothes pegs designs and clothes peg sales, clothes pegs profit margin. You know, that's an entrepreneur. It's not only someone that works hard on some of the cool new inventious kind of stuff, but they also work on some of the more tedious things that people don't necessarily like to do. I know of a comedian who opened up a brand new comedy club so they could perform regularly. A year later, and you know, I asked, if, how's it going? You know, has everything been going well? And he said, no, not really. I spend all my time unclogging toilets, keeping accounts, dealing with staff and all this other admin stuff. You know, maintenance, which is involved in running the place. They set up an entire comedy club to perform more and now they're doing plumbing. This is the fallacy of the freedom that comes with being an entrepreneur. Sleeping in, taking days off, having fun. What you're thinking of is a bum or a struggling artist. You have to be very disciplined. I don't think people realize how hard it is to self-motivate, to do what needs to be done when there isn't someone to answer to. Myth number three, entrepreneurship equals freedom. It's so easy to lose focus or to take your foot off the gas. You have to be your own boss, but most people don't necessarily or aren't necessarily the best bosses. They're strict. They have high expectations, ask you to work extra hours. Now imagine being your own boss. It's basically like living with your supervisor 24-7. They're watching you, judging you. You can't call in sick. You can't sneak out early. So on the one hand, you have a horrible intrusive boss with no boundaries. And on the other hand, you have a terrible employee who no matter how bad they are, you can't fire them. If you're in charge, you work for yourself. And you have the freedom, but it comes with huge responsibilities. It's like Spider-Man. Sure, you get to swing from rooftop to rooftop, but you lose your Uncle Ben. Flexible working is a two-way street. You can, in theory, leave work when you want, but you also have to be willing to work at any drop of the hat when opportunity arrives. So, it's kind of like a gymnast. Yeah, you're flexible or you get that flexibility, but you have to put yourself in very uncomfortable positions. People glorify freedom as if entrepreneurs have all this free time. But you also lose the structure that a regular job provides with you, a rat race, so to speak. Myth number four. Most successful entrepreneurs are young tech geeks. For some reason, there's a pervasive myth that most successful entrepreneurs are 20-something-year-olds who are lifelong coders. The average age of a successful entrepreneur is actually much higher than you'll typically think. Some estimate is actually as high as 45%. Don't just take my word for it. Recently, I had a conversation with Ethel, 
who is the founder of a company called Sonar. Let's hear what she had to say. Ethel, in your experience, what are some of the misconceptions around entrepreneurship that you've seen based on your, your, uh, your company's uh, growth and trajectory? Cool. Um, so firstly, thanks for having me um, on your podcast. And a few of those um, misconceptions are just because just because you have an idea, it's going to work. Mm. And like that people want your idea to work. Mm. Um, that you're going to gain lots of friends because you'll be socializing all the time. But in order to make that idea or that dream happen, there's so much logistics that happens behind the scene that you have to drive, mm. which me, which is why mm. entrepreneurs typically work 80 plus hour weeks I because see. there's so many other little fiddly parts that you have to do. Um, people imagine I can go out and meet my friends whenever I want, mm. whenever, whatever. But the times that I'm usually free, my friends are at work. Yeah. When my friends want to socialize, I usually have an event that I've put on mm. or that I'm networking, meeting people mm. and trying to make things happen behind the scenes. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how easy it is mm. or about why people work so much because people like just outsource it. Mm. You can throw money at things, but until you're sure that things actually have, um, like people want it and mm. people will pay for what you want, mm. there's no point. So what are some of those fiddly parts that you mentioned then? So some of the mm. logistic things or logistical things, should I say, yeah. that you have to put in place in order for you to be able to bring your mission out there into the world in order to see if people even want that or not? What are, what are some of those things that you have to do? Cool. So for example, with a platform, it's all about connecting black communities and we're targeting millennials around the major cities of the world, starting in London. So in London, we have to understand what those millennials want. So that's research, right? That's speaking to people. Mm. That's having conversations with people who've done that research or who are working with millennials. Um, that is that is speaking to young people themselves or speaking to people who are our age and going to their events, finding out what are people doing anyway? Mm. What is it that people really want? How do they want to be connected? Mm. Um, it seems like a simple phrase when you see someone's business proposal, mm. but that's probably at least 30 hours of meeting people and research and finding the people doing that work. Mm. Um, and then we have, so managing, like, what, like what's the content that's going to go out? Mm -hmm. um, who are the people we want to feature? Do we mm. need to contact them to make sure they want to be Featured. Some mm. people don't. Yeah. Um, and some people don't want to be featured on your platform, mm -hmm. but they have their different specs. Mm. Um, and then there's also meeting people. So the people who've been supporting us, our partners, if we want to put on an event, that's meeting the venue, that's figuring out what does Eventbrite look like to people? What's the image we're going to put on Eventbrite? What does our newsletter look like so people know what that event is going on? Mm. How do our partners know what we need if we don't talk to them? And it's not just a phone call. It's not just an email. Sometimes people are like, come in, let's chat about that. How do we work together long term or short term or midterm? And these are all conversations that take time. Yeah. And it's all logistics, right? Yeah, that's a very big <laughs> pressure on your time. You know, when I really think about that, you're required to do all these administrative tasks, but you're mm. also supposed to motivate your employees. You're also supposed yeah. to, you know, talk to your investors and make them happy. It seems like yeah. there's a lot of pressure on your time. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I struggle with personally, you know, when I you know, undergo my entrepreneurial endeavors, how mm. exactly do I make sure I'm using my time in the most efficient way possible mm. to make whatever mission I'd like to, yeah. you know, bring into the world something that's fruitful and something that's sustainable. Mm. Uh, would you say that, you know, you're working, you know, 80, 100 hour weeks sort of thing? Because a lot of people think that entrepreneurs are only, you know, working 40, 50 hours or they can outsource it and whatnot. But I mean, mm. talk about the demands on your time and how you allocate it. I feel hesitant to say 80 to 100 hours a week, mm. but 
if we think about every aspect of what we do needs to be thought about in terms of why are we doing that? Mm. What's the framework around it? What, what is, how does that impact? So I think thinking takes a lot of time, which mm. people don't, isn't always accounted for. Mm. So I'd say somewhere around that, I'd say <laughs> 70 plus. Okay. Um, because yeah, there's, you're going to be having a simple conversation that mm. becomes a work conversation that becomes a personal conversation. Mm. Like entrepreneurship isn't that thing that I turn up to nine to five and mm. then leave mm. and then I switch off my phone and I'm not doing it. Entrepreneurship is something is, is based around my mission and my purpose in terms of what am I trying to do? So then that intersects every area of my life. So my relationships are feeding into it. Somebody can be talking about something completely irrelevant, but that's got me thinking about work. And on the tube, I'm thinking, wait, how do I make that thing work even better? How do we make the app something that's more attractive, for example? How do we make people understand what the community is? Mm. And everything is a form of inspiration. So Wow. So you're spending a lot of time thinking is what it sounds like. I mean, yeah. Thinking I spend, and doing. Yeah, yeah, thinking and doing, right? You have yeah, to balance the two things out because if you're always doing, mm. then no one's doing the thinking. And if you're always thinking, you're never actually doing. So right. you have to find that that balance between the two. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, for instance, Warren Buffett, for instance, he mm. reads for four or five hours a day, right? right. So that he's very heavily leaning towards one aspect as opposed to the actual doing part of things. So, yeah. so it does differ from, from person to person. But uh, something else that was interesting that I thought of in terms of entrepreneurship mm. uh, was the reflection on people's ages when it yeah. comes to being an entrepreneur, right? Because the, the conception out there is that, you know, young people are the best entrepreneurs because they have all this free time yeah. and energy and whatnot. But I've seen a lot of the statistics show that actually the most successful entrepreneurs are those between the age of 35 and 45. Oh, wow. And so, okay. yeah, that's a bit of a misconception that I had to, or, you know, deal with or just deliberate. Mm. What, what, what does being a young entrepreneur mean? And do you believe or, or uh, subscribe to that notion that young entrepreneurs are where where it's at or they're the ones that mm. are likely to be most successful and why do you think that is so i think not only is this subjective right in mm. terms of what what is the person looking to do mm. but going back from that i think it's interesting to hear that the most successful entrepreneurs are between 35 to 45 as a young entrepreneur mm. i think a lot of people either look at you as you don't know what you're talking about. You've not had enough life experience to be creating something that's going to change the world. Mm. That's one. And some people are like, this is great. You've got all the energy. You've got to figure it out. You mm. know what you're doing. Mm. But there's the gap in between, right? Of um, You can be a young entrepreneur and know exactly what you want to do because you've experienced something that makes you know and understand what the solution looks like. And you understand that, for example. But there's also young entrepreneurs who I think, or younger people who come into entrepreneurship who underestimate the journey because we don't we don't necessarily know everything like I have to be learning on the job right I have to be reading what are those successful entrepreneurs saying about how you manage a product how do you take it to market how do you sell what are the sales marketing funnels all of that there's a lot of learning and I think a lot of people assume that because you're a young entrepreneur you're not going to put in the work to understand years of knowledge that other people have spent their lives like enhancing, building, etc. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's a positive misconception of being young that you're going to get everything done, but also there comes a lot of a lot of people misunderstand the journey of understanding who you are and knowing yourself. Because in order to 
do entrepreneurship well, I believe, you have to have some understanding of what you stand for, like what is going to get you up in the morning, but also who are the people around you? How do you manage relationships? Mm. What are the skills that you've gained through life and you're developing them at a really rapid rate? Mm. Um, it might not be finessing them, but you're building, you're constantly learning and you're like, what am I missing out? Yeah. So we're always pushing. That's a very good point, actually. And, mm. uh, you know, should age actually be a factor in terms of whether you're a successful entrepreneur or not versus the skills you have and, and the devotion to your mission that you have? So mm. there's nothing pr particularly that says or is a notion that, you know, because you're this age, uh, yeah. you know, you'd be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the statistics most likely show that because someone has maybe gathered more wealth so they can actually spend more yeah. money on their endeavors. So it's more likely to be successful. Mm. Perhaps they've had the chance to acquire more skills just because they've had more years, uh, yeah. you know, on this planet. Uh, sure. But yeah, there are people that are 20 years old that have gathered skills that mm. a 45 year old would have yeah. never gathered. You know, it just depends on their path and how open they were to learning new skills along their, their way. Because exactly. doing the same job for 25 years is, you know, one thing and doing five different jobs over the span of 10 years is yeah. another thing. You you come out of both of those um, professional experiences with different skill sets and values and yeah. missions and whatnot. So yeah, age doesn't necessarily have to be a factor no, in the typical way we think about it. Definitely. And I think we should stop. I think age isn't a linear thing, right? Just because someone's been around for 20 years or someone's been around for 45 years doesn't mean their life experiences equate. In that 20 years, somebody could have seen as much as a 45-year-old or whatever has seen. And that's what determines where their path goes and what they've learned from life. Um, and I think, yeah, but it's also important to acknowledge that skills and things and wealth are things that still need to be built up um, on the journey. Perhaps it's people that have been you know, here for a little while, understand what their mission is. You know, they finally hone in on that one particular thing they want to do. So they're much more devoted and focused on it, you know, as, as opposed an older to, entrepreneur, as or? an older entrepreneur, as opposed mm. to younger entrepreneurs, whereby, you know, we're still trying to figure things out and, you know, we're experimenting and trying new things, which has its own benefits. Mm. But, you know, there's something to being able to focus on one thing for an yeah. extended amount of time that makes most entrepreneurs successful, right? You can't yeah. be bouncing from one thing to the next. And so perhaps that's one reason why, you know, uh, older people are, are typically more successful according to, to the statistics, but I don't know. It's one of those misconceptions that are out yeah. there, but that actually leads me into another point or another misconception, which I've seen out there, which is primarily the fact that, you know, entrepreneurs have it all figured out, right? You see someone that's an <laughs> entrepreneur, you're like, man, that person knows what they're doing. They know right. where they're going, if that yeah. makes sense. Right. And so that's something that's typically symbolic with you know, older people that have mm. had more years and so they know what they're trying to do. But that misconception of having it figured out, yeah. would you say, uh, or how would you go about tackling that? Is that something that's the truth? You actually do have it more figured out than most people or are you kind of just, you know, trying to put it all together, you know? So I'd say there's, um, it's a mix of the two. Mm. Um, I don't think all people who are older know exactly what they're trying to do or have it all figured out. Mm. I don't, I specifically don't have it all figured out, mm. but why I'm doing stuff, mm. I have figured out. Mm. And I think um, it goes back to what's your life's journey been like and what are, what are you determined to do? And have you like what are the decisions you're making about your future? Do you have a life goal? Do you have a life vision? Because I think that helps you figure out like a rough direction of where you're going to go with life or where you want to take yourself. Um, 
So I think you don't necessarily have to be older or mm. younger, mm. but I think there's a balance in between. Like just because of someone's age, you mm. can't determine that. Um, mm. It has to be, I guess, on an individual basis, but also who are the people around them? What's their community like? Do they have mentors? Do they have strong mentors? What are their mentors doing? What kind of community are they in? What's their support network like? Mm. Um, do they read? Like where are they learning from? Um, yeah, so I think the misconception that, I think I'm still figuring stuff out, mm. But the way that I figure stuff out is, is it making me the person I want to become? Is this helping build the mission that I believe I'm here to do? And is this going to help achieve or bring that vision closer of what the mission is? So you mentioned a little bit about the, you know, support network. So with mentors, mentees and whatnot. Mm. And, you know, that's something I think that not many people really think about, right? Because everyone thinks entrepreneurs have it somewhat figured out and yeah. they're going along this path. Yeah. But that support that you need as an entrepreneur to, you know, psychologically be ready for it, financially yeah. be ready for it. There's a whole mentor-mentee relationship that's useful or even mm. friends and family or yeah. you know just co-founders that you have that whole support network mm. is something that people don't necessarily think an entrepreneur needs because that yeah. person seems to you know be figuring it out or doing it on their own and anytime there's a publication or something it seems like that person alone is responsible for everything yeah. happening so i mean how have you gone yeah. about developing your support networks as mm. you're going along this entrepreneurial journey Good question. Um, so the African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, um, you take others with you. Mm. Um, and it takes a village to raise a child. I think I believe strongly in those, right? Being born in Zimbabwe, everything's around family. Um, and I think to think that you can do something alone is, I mean, some people do, but I think there's, it's almost futile to an end because we're built as humans to do life in community or to do life with other people. Having a co-founder for me um, has been massively incredible. Um, Giselle Frederick is, so our skill sets complement each other and we do things in different ways, but the ultimate thing is that we see this vision and we know what we want to build. And then we talk through the vision, how are we gonna bring that to life? And knowing what we're trying to achieve, and we might do that in different ways, but because our visions are aligned and our missions are aligned, we know we can do that together. And knowing that I have that support in somebody else, even if, even if she doesn't necessarily see things the way that I see them in that moment, I know that she's with me. Like we're doing this together, we're partners. Um, and I think there's so much power in knowing there's people around you supporting you. Um, I have mentors for different things, for different areas. I can see somebody who's great in directing and governance. Um, I think they're incredible. I will ask to learn from them because I think we can never learn too much. And with friends, I think friends is, I think it's important to maintain your relationships with friends, but communicating what that looks like and what those relationships, how they will change, um, how they're gonna evolve or just setting the expectations of guys, I'm gonna be really busy, I don't know what that looks like, but I ask you to stand with me and you learn who your tribe are. Right. Like people either choose to do that journey with you or some people turn away yeah. and that can be hard. But it's about knowing that, hi, I've chosen why I'm doing this. I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm here. It's never going to be easy. Nobody said that. Um, but knowing you've got your family around you. And I think communication is the biggest thing about taking people with you on the journey, yeah. um, communicating what you're trying to do and how how you think they can help, because not everyone's going to approach you with what you need if they don't know what you're asking for, what you need at that time. 
Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. There's a lot of strain on your relationships. Yeah. You know, both professionally yeah. because, you know, you're investing all your spare time if you have a full-time job mm. uh, in your entrepreneurial ne- endeavors. So you yeah. don't actually have that time to network with your colleagues and whatnot. In mm. terms of your family as well, that vital 6 to 10 p.m. time yeah. that you, you actually have to work on your on your business or whatever it is, yeah. is time taken away from, you know, a partner or your family or your sisters mm. and whatnot. And then there's also the demand to keep that relationship with your mentors as well because not just from an advice perspective but they can also you know help you in terms of just giving you psychological reaffirmation of what you're doing is you know you're on the right path and whatnot so there's a lot of of stress on your time and you know as you rightly mentioned some people will understand that and give you support and other people are like man we never see Ethel out at the parties anymore on Friday what's going on she's not a friend of ours anymore why is she she ditched us you know and so that's a whole aspect of being an entrepreneur not many people think about it it, I don't want to say consumes your life but in order to be successful you have to ensure that all your relationships and everything else in your life supports what you're trying to do it's aligned to it yeah yeah, it's aligned to it because if it's not then you know you're kind of in trouble there are other things that might take priority or precedent over your mission and it sounds like you know if you're going to spend all this time on this endeavor that you're doing or on this business, it's something that is so important to you. You're willing to make your life's mission, Yeah, you know? Um, But another misconception that I wanted to also just bring up and and get your thoughts on are, you know, entrepreneurs are people that are primarily seen as extroverts, right? Mm -hmm. As people that are go-getters that are out there in the news and and whatnot. But some of the most successful entrepreneurs are actually introverts. They're very shy, very reticent characters. What's your experience like? Do you you think entrepreneurs are more likely to be of one, you know, uh, Mm. psychological makeup as opposed to the other? Or what's your experience like with that like? I think an entrepreneurship is not a one-size-fits-all. Like there's no template to be an entrepreneur. Um, So going back, a little bit to what you were saying about friends and family. Like, so I think it's rather than a stress, it's really about making you efficient with your time and also helps you to prioritize who you, who is important. Um, why are they important? Um, and that sounds quite business-like, but it's very much about how do I foster the environment for me um, and not just for me, but for this business to grow. And if they see the vision, people go, I, I get it. I'm going to go with you. I know I won't see you. I'll miss you. Mm-hmm. Drop me a text sometimes, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that links very well into being an extrovert and an introvert. Um, there's a great uh, podcast by Craig Rochelle on the art of energy management. Okay. So I believed I was an extrovert, mm. right? When I started, I love talking to people. I get energized speaking to people. But my my energy management changed, right? Because a lot of the time, what I'm doing for the work is speaking to people, engaging with people. Mm. But that's a form of work, depending on what that looks like. In order for me to be re-energized, speaking with people, I have to be with the people that I'm comfortable with, Mm. right? Mm. Um, And no one person is an extrovert or an introvert. People are more of the other, Mm. but I've become more of an ambivert, Mm. right? Which is a mixture of both, where I've chosen, I've... I've designed my life in such a way that I now better understand myself to say, I enjoy being with people, but is that energizing me? And sometimes, when do I need to be away from people in order to recharge and make sure I'm ready to be with my friends or to be with work or to do all of the other things that I'm trying to do and motivate people? I also need to make that time for myself. So I'm recharging more as an introvert or in isolation 
as people might see it. Mm. Um, in order to be that extrovert that I need to be for work. But not everybody needs to be. Some of the best people I've worked with are introverts, mm. but really they work better one-to-one and they become extroverts on that one-to-one basis. So it's all about what what's the mission? Why are you doing that thing that you're doing? And what's the purpose of it? Do you need to be speaking to people? Because then you can become an extrovert in that moment or for that thing. And then you can also be an introvert along with the other areas of your life. I don't know if that was clear. Well, no, yeah. it, it makes sense. I mean, it's, you know, there's different makeups in terms of what a successful entrepreneur is to, it would be like, right? Mm. You don't have to be an extrovert or an introvert. You can be an ambivert. It's actually yeah. the first time I heard that word, but that's yeah. great. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of different aspects that uh, of being an entrepreneur that need to be considered, but, you know, there's no one size fits all or make no. all break all, right? There's, exactly. there's, there's room in entrepreneurship for different types of people, different yeah. ways of thinking and whatnot. But that actually leads me to another, you know, misconception that I've, yeah. I've thought about in terms of, you know, Everyone thinks, uh, you know, when you're building a team or you're creating a team, mm. right, that you want to hire people that are just like you. If you're an alpha and a go-getter or an extrovert, you're, mm. you want to hire people that are just like you, right? Because you want to create that company culture and everyone yeah. needs to be the same. But the reality is you actually need people that are going to complement your skill set. So people that yeah. are actually very different from you yeah. so that they can work on the things that they'd be successful at, you yeah. know? Uh, how have you navigated that? I mean, do you have that initial bias of, oh, I want to hire or work with people that look like me and then you corrected or checked yourself that, no, we need complementary skill sets? Mm. Uh, how do you negotiate that topic? Good question. Um, so I think Giselle and I are a great example of this. I'd say I'm more extroverted than she is. Um, but actually our complementary skills help us see the other skills that we miss, right? So in terms of hiring our team or building the team, it's very much about what are we trying to do and what are the skills we need to do that? And then where do our skills come in? Okay, where are we falling short, short, short of that? Um, and it's about assessing what are you like what are you trying to do we can have all the people who think like us and tell us it's great but then we become an echo chamber and really miss the point of trying to hear what other people's voices are or make um or create a platform that really helps to amplify other people's voices because then we're amplifying our voices um personified in different ways through other people so i think having a diversity of thought is the most important thing and a diversity of life experience and we might not agree with people all the time but actually what that helps to do is reaffirm like so what is it we were thinking about this in the first place so i think diversity of thought is really important to help direct to keep you to keep us relevant but also to make sure that we are evolving as people evolve and people redirect and change where they are or how they see themselves yeah i mean speaking of these different skill sets or diverse ways of thinking that are needed to you know be successful one of the most important skill sets that people think primarily you need to have in order to be a successful entrepreneur is tech skills you need to actually be you know a, a coder or whatnot to create a tech company and <laughs> I, I myself have fallen prey to that right i think i need to be able to code in order to be a tech entrepreneur yeah. or in any space that you're going into that you need to be technical in right. order to be successful in that realm mm. what's your experience with that like would you say that's an absolute must or are you able to bring people on board to complement that technical skill yeah. uh, and you can focus on the things that you're good at. Yeah, so tech is definitely not a strong point of mine, right? <laughs> um, for somebody who's co-founding a platform with an app, mm. I, yeah, I, I think you don't need to understand tech. Well, or you don't need to be an expert at tech. 
But I think you need to be open to learning about how does it work. Um, Giselle is, has a background in tech and finance, right? So she's the tech head, if we call it that. I recently learned what an API is, like, oh, which is an app. To, oh my gosh. Something, something. Yeah, that's all <laughs> But good. I know what it is. <laughs> Think of it like a, like a menu. That's what I was told. It's the simplest thing. Uh, if you want to get some information from someone else, yeah. um, think of it as a menu. Say, I would like this. And then they go and they fetch that and bring it for you. Yes. So it's a menu for you to be able to access a company's information. So yeah, I only exactly. learned about it. it like uh, plugins, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> um, but there we go. I don't understand tech. But I think it's about the willingness to learn, but also to delegate, right? Um, good leaders aren't people who try and do everything themselves because we're human and there's only so much we can do. It's about how do you manage your expectations of yourself, but also do a clear um, inventory of this is what I'm good at. This is what I do really well. This is what I can do, but really shouldn't be doing. This is what the people in my team, or this is, these are the key areas I need help with. And then I think, building on those areas um, through either outsourcing, through hiring people, or through working with advisors that can better support that knowledge base mm. is so key. Don't try and learn it all. You will spend no time sleeping and every time reading and it will make no sense. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, yeah. in terms of, yeah, you, you definitely need a support network. You mm. need to outsource or lean on other people in order to be successful. Yeah. And I I wanted to ask a bit more about your experience with, with the Google uh, ecosystem, right? Yeah. Because your company, Sonar, was part of that. And yeah. so that ecosystem gave you that support or mm. they could highlight where your weaknesses are. Yeah. You know, if, you weren't, if you're not a technical co-founder, yeah. then they could help you get in touch with someone that that is yeah. so i mean the role of ecosystems how important has that become in you know giving you the platform you need in order to be successful because mm. if i was to think about it from you know the outside looking in i would think to myself you know the common myth is that i don't need an accelerator or an incubator or anything to be mm. successful right i can just do it on my own but there are all these pockets of support networks that are yeah. actually out there to help you be successful. So, yeah. I mean, how was that for you? I mean, working as part of that Google ecosystem, was it really that much, you know, more valuable to you or mm -hmm. could you have like gone without it, if that makes sense? So I think, so firstly, thank you to Google for startups uh, <laughs> for hosting us mm. um, within their startup ecosystem. I think it's massively invaluable. Um, when you're working solo, you can imagine yourself working in a coffee shop, right? You get up, you go and you do your thing, but it's your thoughts, your ideas, how you think things should be done. And it's you researching all these articles, searching Google, for example, for the information that you need. But imagine that, but with people around you that are asking, how is it going? Mm. Um, you start building like almost another form of support network, right? Like mm. you might not see people all the time, but you can see other people who are working in a similar track of mind, mm. like who are working on their own things. Mm. But so for example, we have a lunch club, okay. um, which is organized by different people within like other members, right, of the ecosystem. And it's just a great time every other lunchtime whenever I'm around to sit there and just find out what are people working on. And sometimes we're debating about life and climate change. <laughs> and do you think, like, what do you think about... Greta Thunberg and the yacht, for example. It's like, you know, mm. all these interesting conversations that we sometimes miss out on because you're like, oh, I can only have them with my friends. Mm -hmm. But being able to just to connect with other people who, yeah, who are also working ridiculous hours and are trying to bring things to life. So I think, and the mentorship has been really incredible. Um, so they have different 
portfolios of mentors, if that's investors and residents, people who've done the startup journey, people who are just starting as well. Like it's a whole spectrum of um, other founders and co-founders as well. I think it's just interesting being able to tell them the idea and hearing what they think about it, saying, have you thought about this? Which are things I might never have thought about, if not till 10 years down the line. So you just get all of that mashed into one. And I think it's just... I think it's so important to find spaces like that where you have other people to bounce off of, hmm. but also to make sure your idea is so relevant to, to hear what people think. Having that wealth of experience at a place like the Google ecosystem yeah. to bounce ideas off, debate things, you know, validate your idea and whatnot, that sounds like a great place to be. I mean, it mm. sounds like a place that you can actually be challenged. You can actually yeah. have that support, all those ingredients that you need to, uh, you know, have a successful uh, venture or entrepreneurial endeavor that you're, yeah. you're, you know, part of at that particular moment. And, you know, something that comes to mind is a lot of people think that, you know, entrepreneurs or serial entrepreneurs are more successful, right? That mm. success begets success. Yes. I've heard a lot of venture capitalists say, uh, you know, I'd rather invest in someone that's had two startups fail mm. or two ventures fail because I know that at some point, statistically, they're much more likely to succeed after learning from all those failures, right? right? So would you, in your experience, the people you've interacted with, yeah. is it true that most people uh, or most successful entrepreneurs are serial, repetitive entrepreneurs or does that not really factor or does it not matter? Um, I think there's truth to it, but we have to also think about how those serial entrepreneurs started. Some of them had failed startups. Some people's startups just went and like, and people bought into it and they became successful, but they didn't necessarily imagine that to happen. That was a first try thing, mm. right? So there's a whole mixture of what serial entrepreneurship looks like in the first place. Um, and in order to become a serial entrepreneur, you have to start somewhere. Mm. Um, so I think, yes, um, I think serial entrepreneurs are probably more likely to be successful because they found a model that works. Right. Um, but in order to find your model that works, you have to be trying stuff out as well. You have to be testing it out and throwing it out there and see what people think. Yeah, there's an iterative process to it, right? Mm. I mean, you're not going to get success on your first endeavor. In fact, a lot of people have to pivot. You could. Well, you could, you not could. necessarily. <laughs> I mean, you could, but you yeah. know, a lot of times people pivot. I'm not yeah. sure what Sonar started as, yeah. but you know, the 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 notion that. The idea you start with is the one you're going to end with. Or, oh, no. you know, exactly. Yeah. That's a whole different misconception out yeah, there as definitely. well. I mean, have you had to pivot in your experience of, you know, running Sonar? Yeah, actually. So you're actually there at our launch, right? Which yeah. is focusing around Pan-Africanism um, and the 21st century and how we relate to that as the millennials um, today. Um, so when we launched, we were working to be the Pan-African network. And now, as Sono, we are a platform connecting black communities, mm. right? And we've taken that pivot away from Pan-Africanism or we've, we've kind of worked on the language and spoken to people and said, what is pan do you identify as Pan-African? And we realized we were, there were some people who didn't feel, or who weren't African or who weren't black or who were like, what does it even mean? And they were our target audience. And the fact that the language made so much sense to us, but didn't make sense to our target audience was like, okay, we need to pivot because at the end of the day, this is about them and how they engage with us rather than just us pushing ourselves onto them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so there's been so many pivots, pivots, pivots on the way. Um, and I think it's, it's healthy and natural. And a lot of mentors expect you to pivot because if you don't pivot, then 
are you really interacting with the market ah. or are you really just pushing forward your idea and deciding it's going to work? I see. Because you have to work with the market environment, right? If the market environment is telling you, you need to shift something, you need to be adaptable in order to survive. That was one of the number one things I, I read up, uh, like read about entrepreneurship was mm. that the number one reason why a lot of companies fail is because their idea is not actually required by the market. Right. Like you're actually creating something yeah. that only you might use or you think is important, yeah. but a lot of other people don't think so. Or it's not valuable for them or they're not willing to pay for it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's something that would be useful to them, but you can't make a business out of it. Right. right? So those are two different things. They are. Um, how have you navigated the, the landscape of you know, pivoting, but pivoting in such a way that's actually reactive to the market. So are mm. you doing customer interviews? Like how do you know when you actually need to pivot or not? Right? Yeah. That's a tough one to, to navigate. True. So I think, yeah, so customer interviews, speaking to people who we've engaged with either at our events, for example, or people who are on the app, asking them, hey, so what do you, like, You now you're here on the digital community. What are your thoughts? Do you understand what you'd use this for? And some people are like, yeah, like to message my friends, right? And you're like, cool, but you understand the wider purpose, like all of these stuff we're doing. Um, yeah, so I think it's continually iterative. Is the word? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's we have to be responsive. It's a conversation, right? Like whatever whatever service or product you're bringing is a conversation with the people you're bringing it to, mm. um, and we have to be willing to listen and hear what they're saying. Otherwise, they'll just go and find something else, or who will use it? Well, that's it for this week's episode of Sockers. Is that so? Today we challenge the conventional notion that entrepreneurship is a picture perfect endeavor whereby entrepreneurs have all this free time, take little to no risk, and are fresh out of college tech nerds. We'd love to know your thoughts, so follow us on social media at Sockers Is That So to leave your comments. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. 